Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Crack the Codes brought to you by iCrack Skills. My name is Aviana Johnson. And I'm Alexis Wilkinson. And today we're talking with Mr. Keyshawn Dodds. He's coming to us from Springfield, Massachusetts. And I mean, I can't, I can't, I don't think there's any intro that can do this man justice. I mean, he's, he's a mastermind. He's, he's the definition of positivity and there's nothing that he's not willing to try or do. So we're going to talk to him today about a little bit about how he got there, his background and what he's doing now to impact the youth. Welcome, Keith. What's up, y'all? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, Keith, give us a little background. Like, who who are you and what do you do right now? Well, uh, born and raised in Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, married to a beautiful woman named Tammy Dyes and my daughter, Sydney, who is 12 years old. I am a community activist and also a community leader. I'm now currently running the executive director of a Boys and Girls Club Family Center in Springfield. I'm an author, uh, actor, motivational speaker, uh, true to all trades, and also just a big... Uh, key to education, um, just the educational, motivational person that I love to work with youth and also build my community. I think that's amazing. I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's phenomenal. It's, I mean, I just, like, I honestly, like, I, I got tired just listening to all the things you're doing. I, I, I kind of pride myself on the fact that I, I try to put my hands and dabble in a lot of different things. Um, but that being said, I can appreciate the fact that it's not easy. At all to 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 do all that. So what's like what's your motivation? Where do you pull the strength to well, do all those? Well, things? the motivation that I have is um it, it started when I was young. Um, actually, when I was thirty two years old, I finally told my mother that I saw my father pass away, and to see how he passed, he was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and I always had a fear that I was going to be homeless or broke, and that kind of drove me to keep doing more, and always keep trying to keep doing more to be have a better life and also to be a better man than what my father was and having that impact of losing a dad at that young age it kind of drove me in a different direction instead of being angry it actually pushed me in a direction to be a more of a person that's going to do positive things so that was basically the big start of what was my drive and then I seeing that my community changing and with the influx of drugs and guns and seeing my friends pass away, get locked up. And I didn't want to go down that road. So I really pushed myself to be someone that can that people can look up to and actually come to and see as a positive light. Well, I was going to say, when, when, you're the, when you're the positive light, I can only imagine that you, like you were saying, you hear and come across a lot of probably really deep situations oh, yeah. that these kids are going through. And... Um, like myself, I, I coach at the high school level. Mm-hmm. And boy, some of those things, they <laughs> they weigh on you when you hear the situations that these kids are going through. Um, exactly. it, it weighs on you. And you try to do your best to, to help and to be that positive influence. Um, but I'm wondering, like, what, what kind of... Like, what kind of things, because I, I struggle with, like, what, what can I do to be a distraction? Or even what kind of resources have you come mm-hmm. across that, you know, have you feel have helped you to make a difference in the, in the youth? That well, you're... the biggest thing that, that really pushed me was, was actually being involved in sports. Because that was one of the outlets that it put me in front of positive male role models. 
that would make sure that I understood the values of what teamwork is. And they also taught you discipline. And when you get that instilled in you, you can actually portray that on the other kids outside of sports. And I've always believed that with any sport that you have is if you follow those mechanics and, and the ideals of what the sport has, you can actually uh, put that in, in the life, into your family life, in the work. And it comes out to be a better positive attitude around the people that's, that's with you. And especially with the kids, because once they see that you have a basis of what to follow, mm-hmm. they kind of latch on to that. And they see a positive uh, male role model or female role model that they can look up to and aspire to be. And so it's, I say it's hard because in the city of Springfield, I've made a, a good name for myself where, you know, people, they mention me and, and they get the door in the door open. Mm-hmm. And everybody says, like, if you mess up, it's like half of the city will fall apart. So you're I'm, there's a lot of pressure. It's a, I mean, there's a lot of perform. pressure. It, it, it is a <laughs> whole lot head. of pressure because if I make one mistake it's amplified 10 times over. Right. I mean, to the point where. If something happens, it's gonna hit the media. Because you're a Keyshawn person. And, and, and I tell them, I, I tell people all the time, don't put me on a pedestal. I'm, I'm human. I'm gonna make mistakes. But the thing I tell people, I'm not afraid to fail. And I try to tell the kids that if I make a mistake, I man up to it, I own it, and then I move on from it. I don't dwell on it. So exactly. I try to teach them the right way. And I think that's that's like a really key part and a, and a key aspect because we find that actually a lot in just let's say basketball or in sports mm-hmm. alone where. Kids are so afraid to mess up, whether it's a simple play or something on the defensive end. And the minute that they do so, they completely take themselves out of the game. And mentally, they don't Shut they down. don't know how to come back right, and, and right. be able to now say, all right, we still have, let's say, uh, 20 more minutes left to the mm-hmm. game. And I, I've now taken myself out so much that I don't even know what to do. <clears throat> No matter what us as coaches say to them, it's like mm-hmm. I I'm I'm still dwelling on this mistake that I've that I've done, and and I, I think we completely stress to them all the time, like listen, we're all human. As coaches, we're gonna make mistakes. As right. mentors, we're gonna make mistakes. But also realize that as players, you're gonna make mistakes, and you're gonna make multiple of them. Mm-hmm. But the key aspect is when you make that mistake, learn from it, and right. don't allow that mistake to happen again. So now that you're you're able to adjust in life mm-hmm. and say, okay, well, this situation happened before and I see it maybe potentially happening again. So now I know the result of this. Let right. me now veer myself elsewhere so I can have a different outcome. Right. So, I mean, I can just tell you what happened to us a couple weekends ago at a tournament up in Boston. Literally, we, we're, we should have won the entire AAU tournament. My team imploded on us so bad from the first half where they were fighting each other because they were arguing about somebody taking too many shots. One of my best players shuts down. The entire team shuts down. We're down by 11 at the half. We get into the second half. The other team only scores two points, and we lose by one Mm -hmm. because we finally woke up with three minutes left and made a run. And the other coach literally came to me at halftime, like in the middle of the game, was like, what's, what's going, going on, on with your team? Exactly. I said, I don't know. I can't. I'm like, help me. I don't <laughs> know what to do. We're, we're stopping you on defense, but my team is fighting. Right. And so after that, we lost. They were crying. I said, you have no reason to cry. Right. I said, what you do? I said, you guys gave that other team that game. But I said, it's not about winning or losing. It's about you owning up to what the mistakes you guys made and don't repeat right. And it. moving forward. With- the next week we get in. And we had the deck stacked against us. We had four games in one day. 
and not at one venue. I mean, an hour away, driving Sounds like back and forth. Sounds like our life, AJ. No, all the time. Screwed <laughs> over. You know, I put it. I put it into the girls. Like, listen, they don't want you to win. They don't think you can win, so they gave you the worst schedule, and so you got four games back to back to back to back. So what are you gonna do? And if you get to the championship, you got to play the team that just beat you yesterday. So they came in, played those four games, got to the championship, and won. And showed me that if you guys play together, and it's not about all the bickering, and you guys came together and won this whole thing, when the deck is stacked against you. So I know you guys, when you have that love and that that passion for each other, you can do anything. And so they showed, they learned from the mistakes, and they went on. I said, you just erased everything that happened last week. So I know it's universal with your teams, and and I know. Absolutely. You find it too often, and it's like, and I can really go to, you know, everybody who is bickering right now with Golden State and and um, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And my main thing and my main concept on the whole Kevin Durant move and what people don't really realize because I don't think that they understand the back end of sports mm-hmm. is Kevin Durant made that move because of the camaraderie and the I don't have my pride so far up my rear end that I need to be the star. Exactly. I can take the back seat and know that my guy to my left and to my right has my back through anything. And their 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 mind is selfless. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to give the assist versus scoring the points. I can have five all-stars on one team, but it doesn't mean that you're going to technically be successful because if you all have dominant attitudes and dominant mindsets, right. you're never going to be able to, to pursue that, exactly. that top-notch because nope, it's always you know, a one-man show at any given time. And, and what they don't realize is, yo, Clay, Steph, Draymond, Iguodala, Livingston, like all these guys could be starters on other teams. Any other team. <laughs> but they're all selfless, mm-hmm. and they have a concept, and there's a game plan set forth. And there is a key thing, the culture there is different. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're so successful. And on top of all of that, that's why KD wanted to be there. So if I'm going into a culture where I'm feeling like I'm at home and I'll have to battle against Westbrook talking about, oh, who's going to take the last shot in a 3-1 series? You know right, what I'm saying? Right, exactly. That, like, that's what stuff comes down to. And, like, you really got to, like, take that step back. You can't be mad at him for the decision. At the end of the day, he's a professional, right? Mm-hmm. He is making the money. Right. And he got to live his life. You can't live it for him. Mm-hmm. Nor you should have any reason to... Dictate or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Limit his. Yeah, like I don't know. It's just to me, in 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 a nutshell, the the culture and the camaraderie will bring you so much further in life and in right. the sport mm-hmm. than, than just pure else. skill. Than yeah. just pure skill. Yeah, but I look at I look at the KD move as the owners could have got rid of him at any time. So when a player takes advantage of the opportunity to do what he wants to do for himself yes. we get chastised for it or the, the athletes get chastised for it but you're it's a business right exactly. and so first now it's the business first and now that the organization is losing money or you just lost a star because the star took it took control of his own career mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's shunned upon but i think this is the way uh, sports should be headed where you're your own franchise right the franchises need you to make money and so when we take it into our own control the person takes it in their own control it makes it better. So you can, after you do, it's like the military. You do your four years, you can keep going or go somewhere else. Yep. You can even go to another branch or All just right. get out. Right. He left after his time. And he, he put in his time. He did his work. People got upset. But guess what? 
it's his life, like you said. Yeah. And sometimes, even though something could be good for you at one moment, it doesn't necessarily mean it'll always be Absolutely. Good. Right. And sometimes you kind of overstage your welcome. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. time to move on with And you your have life. to know when's the time to so, move on. Yes. You, you know what I'm saying? You go with your gut. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of us that we get that feeling and then we go, yeah, but we allow other things to, you know, play so into like, that. Yep. We let other people tell us what we should be doing and we don't follow our own right. gut. And right. And that's the heart. funny thing about my relationship with, with AJ. Um, she was at AIC while I was working there. That's also my alma mater. And when she left, she kept asking me, when are you leaving? When are you leaving? When are you leaving? I said, I'm not ready yet. Mm. And she was like, well, that place is dying. It's not for you right now. You've outgrown it. And I was like, well, I have a plan. And so Mm -hmm. I just had to put my plan in motion. I couldn't tell people what I was doing because I don't like to say what I'm going to do. And then it doesn't happen. I kind of plant the mustard seed. Or you have people that don't want to see your success. Oh, absolutely. The bad vibes come to play. Mm -hmm. Your plan. And so with with the plan that I had in place as an educator, I knew this was going to be where I wanted to be Mm -hmm. because this is the place that that groomed me to grow up as as an adult. The person I'm taking over right now, Mr. Henry Dawson, God rest his soul, I used to sit on the other side of this desk getting yelled at. Now I'm in the office. I still can't call. Yeah, I'm doing (laughs) the same thing, but I can't even call this my office yet. And I've been here a year. But I had a plan to be back in my community as a leader of a community center and make sure that my kids get the services that I got. Now I can push them into college because I've learned from being an educator, going into politics, going back into higher ed, and taking all those skills so I can give it back to my community so now I can build more leaders. And that's that's what that's, that's what happens. That's phenomenal because a lot of people, this is why I get upset, a lot of people, we like you said, you were able to have the resource of the Boys and Girls Club mm-hmm. When, when you were a child, so and that was helpful. But how many of us, we use the resources, but you never don't. reach back right. Right. to support those resources moving forward? Because, um, you know, I, I grew up in a town in, in Jersey, and when I was growing up there, it was typical suburbia. Right now, there's people that they can't even walk down the street without worrying whether they're going to get shot. Right. Total difference in about a 20-year span. Mm-hmm. Total difference. But I feel like it's because... Those who benefited from the community, as soon as we got ahead, left, left. and never came back. So the the youth now don't have the benefit of knowing, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like you know, Jane Doe, you know, made it out of here. She's a you know a producer for you know NBC or whatever it is. So they don't have these mentors. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? To to I think that's the key thing because. We talked about this in like our one of our upcoming, like our um, one of our first episodes. Mm-hmm. It takes a village to raise a kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's sad because back in my time when I was a kid, it was a village raising me. You know, one mm-hmm. of us are acting up, our neighbors are checking us. One, something's going on, somebody's telling our parents. Absolutely. Now it's. I'm taking my phone out to record or I'm turning the opposite way and I didn't see this. Absolutely. And it's sad because you could have been that benefiting factor to change that kid's life. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole fact of why I never left. I couldn't leave. And I mean, I've had every opportunity to go out and go to different states or do different things. But it always kept calling me back that I had to do something to change the culture. And... Right where my club is situated, if I take you just three, four blocks down, 
there's shootings that are happening. Mm -hmm. And I got neighbors that are, are, are rooted into this community and are afraid to go back outside because of what's been brought into this community. And I won't even allow it to flow over here because I have to have these kids walking back and forth. But when you have a kid that comes into your club and said, yeah, I just saw the guy laying in the street because he got shot. Now, this eight-year-old kid has PTSD. How do you address that? How do, how do you address these young kids and saying that's not normal and you want right. to give you, them a normal should, that life? That shouldn't be your, your right. norm. That so, but they don't have anybody to look up to because everybody left. Right. And so if everybody well, leaves, know. who can change that culture? So myself and I have my, uh, my, my two executive directors at the same age as me. We grew up together. Chase Swan at the Southland Community Center, LeVar Click at the Dunbar Y. We took the helms as executive directors in these community centers and we're staples of making sure our kids stay, stay safe. We don't look for the press. We do this with, with our, our nose to the grindstone. And when the press come, we turn away. We don't want the accolades. There's no need to have an accolade for me to save a kid or keep him in school. And I think that's the other like key thing. I think some people, like whether you're a youth coach or something of that realm, mm -hmm. would rather say, I made that kid. Right. Or I did that for that kid and pat themselves on the back versus just saying, yo, I was humbled. I was blessed to have some sort of an impact in their life to see them essentially move forth and, and grow and mature and accomplish whatever it is that they had set forth and keep that in. Right. Instead of boasting and bragging. Because what is that really like? Is that an ego stroking thing? Exactly. Pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> it is. Yes, like, it is. For what? Like, mm -hmm. do I, I think do it because you love it and because you want to see that change. Right. Yeah. Not don't do it for a pat on your back or uh, you know something of, of that sort. <laughs> but the best thing that I hear in my when I see my kids, I walked into one of my um stores over by Walmart. It's uh -huh. a little shop guy selling shirts and sneakers and I was looking for some sneakers and I walk in the shop and this kid is like 6'3 and he's like Mr. Dodds I'm like yeah who are you I'm looking up at this kid I'm like yeah what's up he's like you know who I am I said I'm sorry I don't know anybody this tall right. making jokes I didn't know because he didn't have a smile on his face I'm just like I don't listen I don't need to square up. I don't fight people that big and he was like you changed my life I'm like what he was like do you remember Darnell Darnell fifth grade at, at, at Homer Street, I said, you are not this little kid. Right, you are not. Because <laughs> I remember how he was in school. I mean, this kid, if he, I tell you his story, which is so crazy, he got kicked out of three classrooms before he got to mine as my first year's teacher. And so he gets into my classroom, he goes in the classroom, he goes to sleep. Two days, he would just sleep in the morning, and he'll get up and do his work, but he's angry. And so one day, he went to sleep, and I was like, let me talk to you outside. He gets up angry, pulled him outside, I said, why are you sleeping in my classroom? I hear you sleep in every other classroom and you cussing teachers out because they wake you up. Mm -hmm. What's going on? I can't help you unless you tell me. He said, well, my dad got arrested. My mom works two jobs. I got my, my little brother, my little sister in preschool and first grade. I got to go home. got to cook dinner. I got to make sure they get their homework done. I got to make sure they get dressed for school. And then I got to come to school and I'm tired. Mm. So I said, oh, so you're, you're the adult in the house. Mm -hmm. So do me a favor. Bring your brother and sister early to school. Have breakfast. Get in the back, go on the beanbag, take a nap, mm -hmm. get up, do your work. Straight A student, this kid owns a store now. Mm, and he's like, because you took the time to, to, to listen to me and not yell at me, 
that made me see that somebody cared. That somebody cared. Yes. So, we, we just talked. I know. I literally just talked about that. We just talked about this. It, the, the simplicity of showing that you have empathy for somebody. It's the truth. Can change their life. Absolutely. Because you, I like, like we just said, right? We don't know what's going on in someone's life until you ask. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could be this turtle-like person. Like, I'm in my shell. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want nobody knowing my business, but I'm hurting deep down inside. Mm-hmm. I may have someone who just passed and someone who's ill and I this just happened and then I failed this test and everything just seems like it's crumbling apart. And then one second, like, I just want somebody to maybe say good morning to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I can't get that. And I tell you, AJ can see that because when I was at AIC, I would do, you know, being a major in sociology and political science, I used to study people. People, right. So I would walk around through the quad smiling and saying hello. And everybody, you know, when you walk by people, they all just ice grill and look at you. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, they end up in the office. Hi, how you doing? Good morning. Did I get in trouble, Keith? Exactly. So now they show up in my office. Why are you always smiling? Why are you always happy? It's now said, smiling's a problem. That's right, it. Right, right. Because you don't see it. So this is not normal to y'all. Mm-hmm. I said it's, it's it's not normal to me that you're gonna walk by somebody and not know and not how, greet or something. And if you say hi, that may make them feel better. That may make them not go and do what they were thinking about doing because you took the time to say something. No. That means a lot to me, and I try to instill that into my kids here. Is that ice grill that attitude? Closes every door, but if you have a smile and if you're respectful, it changes the culture. And it, ha- it starts at home and it starts with the mentors. And right. so even on the court, when when you're frustrated because the referee is not giving you the call, mm-hmm. don't black out. Right. Brush right. it off. And I, and I tell you all the time, you brush it off, let it go. Yes. And now you can keep playing your game and you're not going to get every call. Sometimes you know how to read the ref. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get the call, but laugh at them. And I'm a joke with the ref, and I'll get—I I don't get texts. And that's what we tell our our girls. We're like, let us do that. Exactly. That, that, that's our it. job. Though. Let the coaches handle it, and you know, you you just play your game. Don't let it take you right. out of it mentally. But Kate, I have a question. Yep. So, because I think all of us, one way or another, can say we've all dealt with like an angry kid mm-hmm. that is, you know, disrespectful, obnoxious. And, but, but you see that soft side in them. Mm-hmm. What would you say, and for those listening in that maybe are in our shoes, yep. what would you say are, you know, some key factors on trying to help get that kid to not be so angry and maybe like loosen up and accept talk mm-hmm. about whatever the anger inside? Well, the, the best thing is you allow the kid to have a voice, but you never do it in front of his peers or her peers. That's the worst thing to do because all you're going to do is push them deeper into a shell. And you do it at a time when you see a little break in that anger when they're smiling, they're joking. Let me talk to you for a minute. And you have a little joke. And then you pull them to the side and say, what's going on? I was like, I see you. You you can have these great days. The next thing you know, you're upset. And I just want to make sure I can help you. If you need me, I'm here. We don't have to talk about it, Mm -hmm. but you leave that door open. I mean... Truth be told, I have one of the biggest controversies on my team at 12 years old. I have a girl that's transitioned to be a boy mm. on my team. And AJ, I told her, I said, I don't know what to do. This is foreign to me. I have no clue on how to even address this or how is it going to look when I'm in travel ball and AU or zero gravity or wherever I go. Yeah. Because people are looking at this girl thinking it's a boy, right. but the transition isn't there. But And she's not comfortable with herself. 
And so I don't know how to address it. And I've been in prayer mode. Like, how do I go about this? Right. And the best thing I, I did with myself is like, this kid was my kid last year. Right. It's my Same kid this kid. year. Yeah. I love my kid. So I'm going to support the kid on anything that he wants to become. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure I'm not the catalyst of that kid's pain. Right. And so to that point, Colton, my girl, my boy, started to confide into me. To the point where I was finding out who he's getting bullied at school. And the only place of comfort was our basketball team. And so he started telling me. And so he came in the other day, knuckles bruised up because he was getting bullied, punched a couple trees because he didn't want to fight. Frustrated, yeah. So I ended up at the school. And the parents called me. He's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that you care that much. I said, this is my child, too. Right. So if the child's going to open up and talk to me, it's because I opened that door saying, hey, I'm here and I love you. Right, and, and so, and right. I, yeah, so when you show that action and that trust, and I mean, you can see it because I don't know what to say. It was like, can I talk to you? Yeah, you can talk to me. What's going on? Right. And then you start confiding. Now that comfort level's there, so now you can dig deep into mm-hmm. what's going on with that kid. You have a personal relationship with that, that kid. You're the adult. Right. Now you have that confidence in the kid that you're going to care for them and actually act on their behalf. They'll open up. The meanest kid that you have, you got to find the breaks in them. And when they do something bad, laugh at it. Right. And that's what you do. You don't always chastise them. And right. so and it makes them look at themselves like, yeah, that was stupid. And they yeah. can answer their own questions when they and do they it. And they can take it a little bit more exactly. than everything being, like you said, a battle. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a battleground at all times. But I think, like, I, I know I'm encouraged. I hope people that are listening are encouraged because one of the key things that you, you keep saying that strikes a chord with me is, not only do you say something, you do something. You have to. You know to. what I'm saying? And it's, you have to. Because I feel like um, definitely in, in my day-to-day type of things where I, I there's a lot of people that say a lot of things, but to me it sounds rehearsed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You go into the school systems and they'll tell you, you know, we I don't know how many different, um, you know, um, what do they call them? They what, bleh. I can't even think of it. No, I'm just trying to think of, like, they have, like, assemblies. That's the word I'm mm-hmm. looking for. Oh. How many assemblies that Talk I have sat in on, you know, like, talking about bullying and talking about oh, caring for each other mm-hmm. and talking about... Right. It's like, yo, it's like I'm a tele, a tele, tele communicator uh, with telemarketing. Right. Hello, my name is... <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, but <laughs> I'm past I... this point. Can we skip to oh. line four on the script? Because <laughs> I already did one through three, like, several mm-hmm. times, and... I, I know, I, for me, it's frustrating as an adult, so I can only imagine what these kids go through. So really feeling. I Yeah, because you have somebody that says to you, and in, in an assembly, and they're all standing there, you have adults saying, bullying is wrong, and then you walk out in the hallway, and you have a security guard going, you know, like, just... I don't know, like kind of nasty at times, you know, where it's just mm-hmm. like, what do you do? What do you look at? Go, get you to your see class. The bullying, and then as a teacher, you don't stop it. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So then how are the, you just sound very contradicting. Yes, absolutely. And that, that's what I'm saying. These kids, they're hearing you talk, but, you know, I always use the scenario of, like, the peanuts, the teacher from peanuts. All I mean, it becomes, if you're, if, if you're all talking, no action, it's just wah, 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 wah. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. So no matter how much you yep. preach the right things to them or how much you, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. you try to direct them towards the right things, if you're not, a man or woman of of you know action and inter- integrity, then 
you're not going to get a good response. Right. And so that, I tell them just don't give a kid a false promise. Right. If, yes. if you if you do that, you just crush their whole world and never believe in you and also the other adult that's coming behind you. Yeah. Right. So you have to have action, and I and I show that every day with my kids. So when my my team we walk out, they know we're about the business because we we model what we want you to be, and so our kids they actually are very disciplined, and we make them figure out what they did wrong. And I was watching AJ work with my daughter, mm-hmm. and she said, "What did you do? What did you do wrong?" And she's going through her head. Nope, figure it out. Figure it out. Nope, nope. Okay, now, now, don't do it again. Right. We do the same thing with our kids. That's why I love. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> I'm sitting here. With Somebody my else kids. is. Still yeah. Kids. So I'm like, I know we didn't talk about this, but Jesus, you do it because I sat there with a kid today. What did you just do? I said, you happened. The kid came in with a with a with a uh, street razor because mm. he found it on the van. I said, what's the wrong thing you did? I opened it. Nope. I looked at nope. I picked it up. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Start there. <laughs> figure it out right there. You should have never touched that thing. You should have said something to an adult because mm-hmm. that was not yours. And so you make them learn from their understand. own mistakes yeah. and understand that if you answer right. their questions, it doesn't it, it doesn't hold weight. Yep. And so it, it's a process, but I mean, it, and that flows through sports. The same thing. And I, I mean, just watching it, I just, I just laugh so hard because I'm like sitting with my wife. It's like it is a good coach. She and just I'm just watching. She's a good coach. She's a great coach. She's just teaching the teaching methods mean more to me than you're gonna make the basket. And that's what you, that's going in. What's your mechanics? Right. What are you doing wrong? And that, and that means a lot to a kid because now they take that and it flows into their growth pattern. And now they can take that out into life. Okay, I messed up on this problem. What did I do wrong? What did I? And you can analyze right. everything. Analyze that you it do. for yourself. Well, the one thing that I know that that's why we're big advocates on explaining to like, just like you said, it's more it's more about the process mm-hmm. than just the final result. the final result because we have especially boys, but the girls I'm finding are getting equally as stubborn. But like the boys, when we live in the world of two K, like everybody <laughs> thinks that it's just a matter of the ooh and ah and how it looked, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. When I was doing, yeah, but that's, you know, like if we're talking about basketball, like real basketball, this is the mechanics of it. Do you, but these same kids that can do all these miraculous looking um, finishes at the rim can't have no shot for them, can't make a free throw, can't make a legitimate layup, can't Mm -mm. dribble, don't know how to pass, don't know what triple threat is. Don't you you understand? Like I could go on and on for days, but it's just like, you're missing the whole craft of the game because your end um, goal is to just have somebody go, oh, that was great. And then they go out into the world like that because then that's how you have the selfish people. Like, I'm just looking for the accolades. I don't really care what the quality of the product that Mm -hmm. I put out. I don't really care, you know, whether it helps or hurts somebody. I don't, you know, these are adults. And so, yes, it it starts with these simple premises that can be taught through sports. Have pride in your product. Have pride in your product. It's like, I'm going to post this selfie. And even though I'm sitting behind a trash can... (laughs) I'm gonna make it seem like it's something spectacular. Yep. So the perception, <laughs> the perception is, yo, that's a dope picture. Like, 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 like. I'm sitting here for all the likes, 
mm-hmm. but nobody really knows what's behind exactly. you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what are you really trying to do? I think, but it's like the same thing. Like going off what you said, Lex. We stress to the girls a lot. Like you have to have some sort of foundation, right? You have if you want to build this grand house mm-hmm. for the for the house to stand and for you to make that house a home, you have to have some sort of support. And your support is your foundation. But if you don't have foundation or if you don't have those mechanics, how are you ever going to make that house a home? Because it's just right. going to topple down. Yep. Same thing like... And you I never also, know that exactly, one next that brick one, can take it down. Or that one wind blow and be like, no, it's like mm-hmm. the wolf coming out, blowing your house down. <laughs> but at the same time, you have to realize that for you to create that big picture, you've got to put the puzzle pieces together. Right. You can so, never get that big picture. And the funny thing about that is that, you know, I got my daughter, Sydney. Mm-hmm. She's AJ's been in her life since she was four years old. And she was the water girl at AIC when she was playing. My little girl has literally modeled AJ. Yep. And to see her at 12, and I know you see the growth pattern and how the changes are. I'm sitting here, and I mean, literally, I watched her in one game where she was so in tune and focused mm-hmm. on the mechanics, passing the ball, getting her team involved. And called a timeout. We were up 30, and she sat down. She was like, what's up, coach? I said, I have nothing to say to you. I said, I've never seen this out of you. Right. Because you literally did everything that you were taught since you were four. Right. You control the game, keep your eyes up, get your team involved, you're going to get your shot, and you just had the perfect game. Right. And so that, it shows when you put them in the right situations and you put them in front of the right people that are going to teach them the right way. Correct. It's not about the win. It's about doing the right way, right things. And I just want to say thank you to my little sis because nice. – that's the that's what I, I like for our girls. I, I'm a big advocate for for women's sports. I think it doesn't get enough credit. Nope. The, nope. the ladies don't. work they don't hard. Love us no. No, I mean <laughs> no, they don't. Don't but, sound bitter at all. <laughs> no, but I mean, I see where it's going in the next wave that's coming through. You guys have paved a good uh, yeah. way for them, and so for this group of girls coming in and seeing how well my team does and how well your girls do, I love to see where these girls go. Because Absolutely. it makes a, a, a fact that our girls are going to have an opportunity to get a scholarship to college yes. and to play, but also get their career and extend their careers. If it's in the WNBA or overseas, they have those options. Mm-hmm. And so and I just want to, yeah. And, and then, you know, and you look at this little girl since she was four, wants to be an aerospace engineer. I don't even know how to spell that. <laughs> and this girl literally is doing that in her grades matter. She got mad. She came home with an A minus and I'm, I would have been. Okay. Really? Hey, mom. So I had a, a 4.19 and 3.9. I said, oh, what? I don't, I don't even know how to look at that, but I know how important it is to her. And right. we had a, you know, and I love my daughter. We have conversations in the car. And she's like, dad, I got to choose. I said, choose what? If I want to play basketball, be an aerospace engineer. I said, honey, you can do both. Absolutely. And the, her eyes lit up. I can do what? I said, you can do whatever you want. You can yeah. do both. And so I started naming people that do both. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, it's over. This is what I'm doing. So <laughs> that's all I need to it. know. <laughs> so that drive and motivation yep. is key for all, all these young ladies. And, and it's not to be told you have to choose. You can make a path and do what you want to do as long as you believe in yourself. Yeah. Right. And so 
And the important thing is that you're saying, like, even if there was not, like, it's fortunate that you were able to name some examples of people doing it. Mm -hmm. But so what? Don't be afraid to be the pioneer. Oh, so exactly. what? If there's nobody that has ever, you know, just like you said, done, you know, gone, gone to, to space and, you know, built. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, be that person. Don't be afraid to venture out. That use the talents that God has given you path. and create exactly. your own yes. path. Do don't ever let anybody discourage you. Like, I mean, I think that's I, was the, I think this, that's the key thing because you got to understand that no matter what you do, whether it's something that someone has already done or something that you, like you said, being that pioneer and creating your own path and that own journey for yourself. Understand that there's always going to be somebody out there that's going to tell you you can't. There's always going to be somebody out there that's going to tell you, I don't know if that's a good idea. Right. There's always going to be someone that's going to say, go out and do it. But essentially, it really doesn't matter what anybody around you says. It's the person that's in the mirror when you look at it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that mentality is the most prominent mentality that you can have to get you to where you ultimately want to go. And if you keep that sane and you keep it motivated, no one's going to stop you. But you. Right. And I mean, you look at everything that I've done in my 39 years. Yes, I'm, I'm 39. Woo. So stop. She it. said, Woo. It's crazy. I, but, I, I've got you. I've got you by three years. So you're <laughs> good. You're still, you're still a young buck to yeah, me. So that's yeah. good. But I, I mean, it's Woo. the whole thing is my mother, it was so funny because when I was little, I would see something. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. Oh, I can ride that bike and jump and do flips on the bike. And she's like, yes, you can. She never said no. Mm -hmm. And that was the one thing, even though it might have been the most outlandish thing in the world, it was never a no. So as I got older, if I wanted to do something, I did it. And it was funny because I've always been known as an athlete, but my mom, <laughs> she bugged out when I told her. I said, I wrote a book. She said, boy, shut up. No, you didn't. I said, mom, I wrote a book. She said, little boy, no, you didn't. I said, mom, I wrote a dang on book. <laughs> you want to read it here? I was like, well, why won't you believe me? She was like, you didn't, you are an athlete. You don't write books. So I had to wait till I published a book. I knocked on her door and said, Mom, I wrote a damn book. <laughs> and she was like, you wrote a book. I said, Lady, I've been telling you this. <laughs> I'm like, I'm to tell you. <laughs> and so, I mean, it just makes me happy because I look at my brothers. I have three older brothers. My oldest brother is a chemical engineer in California. Nice. My second oldest brother is an accountant. And my third oldest brother is an engineer, an electrician. And so I have me, who's this all-around, you know, advocate for kids and everything else. But we've all pushed each other to be better right. and now we have our, our younger generation and our family coming up doing the same thing they're pushing each other to make sure they go to college and they pursue their careers and then you see our our my, my nieces and nephews pushing my daughter and my other niece and they're, they're the youngest in the family oh you can do this you can do that and it's it's, it's so beautiful to see Absolutely. how the families That's take phenomenal. care of it yeah and you know you just want to make sure that you you build success because we have to take care of ourselves and like when I see you guys doing what you're doing with the podcast and with mountain ball, mountain b-ball and everything that you're doing, it's phenomenal because there's a group of kids that know that you have their back forever. And Absolutely. I know you got that, that, that you want, we have one young lady that went to UVA and I'm proud. I'm like, Jesus, this is yeah. what it's about. It's not just about us getting the shine. These, these kids are having an opportunity that we may not have had, or we're building that to make sure they have something better. Exactly. So, and I think that that's the key thing. Like, we tell them, like, I, I, I tell them all the time, and Lexi tell them all the time, like, listen, our journey from our past experiences, learn from them. Like, we're going to tell you stories on what we did wrong and what options and 
opportunities we didn't have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you obtain this or you essentially get something, go after it and learn from us. So now that you now you have that step ahead of the person that potentially could be next to you. Right. I was like, yo, if I had someone a half as myself and Lex <laughs> during my time of recruitment, I was like, I may not be here for y'all, but I'm essentially here for a reason, mm-hmm. and I found my purpose. Absolutely. So, right. yeah, as much as I would still love to play ball, clearly these kneecaps don't <laughs> Have a different to. plan. <laughs> so my voice and Alexis's voice is now, you know, it, it's, it, we're trying to make it used to be something grand. Right. right, and everybody. we want to empower way, the next generation. Right, yeah, keep Hopefully. them, keep them motivated, keep them inspired, but essentially, really push them to actually go out mm-hmm. and do it. Because you just, I don't know, I just, I find it where kids want something nowadays, especially the millennials, they want something, but they are not willing, willing to work to for, sac- work for sacrifice. Yes. <laughs> sacrifice is one key thing, mm-hmm. and <sighs> working for it. Mm-hmm. So, like, just talking about high school. Or wait, no, add in and waiting for it. Because that's the other thing. There is no sense of patience. Like, everything, (laughs) like, I did, you know, I I want it and I deserve it. And And I I want it right now. Yeah, now. And if I can't get it now, then I'm on to the next thing. It's like, wait, it doesn't work that way. Right. I mean, it's it's that whole plant and that mustard seed. And you got to water it and you got to wait for it to grow. And it sprouts as soon as you think it's over. Right. You're not getting there. And so I, I tell I tell the kids all the time is like this is not and they, they look at what I'm doing now and it, it's the funniest thing oh key I wish I was you I said you have no idea the struggle <laughs> what I went through to get the here. tears the times I said I'm, I'm in my house married with my wife and she's we ain't got enough money to pay for the bills I'm like I'm alright so I'm gonna go in the bathroom and I'm not in there using the bathroom I'm sitting there crying, crying and praying because right, right. I'm like I'm not gonna let my wife see me cry but I'm like dude this is hard right. And so, and it's funny You're because... You're like, give me the strength to stay yeah, on that's it. my... I can't show you the stress. I can't show everybody that I'm breaking because I have my moments. Right. And the person I confide into is my mother because she raised four boys as a single mother since I was seven. And I still remember the time when my brother's in, in the military in California, she couldn't pay the bills. Mm. And so my brother's like, you're good. We're sending money home. All my brothers pay, piled in and paid money. By the time I, I heard that conversation, I was like... I'm a 15 and I'll never take another dime from my mother. Got a job and I would work. And that's just been my drive. And so, and I try to tell the kids, you have to work. You have to sacrifice. You have to grind. And sometimes you're going to get knocked down. You're going to get denied. But if you have a passion to do it, you got to push through. And so people just see the end result right now. Oh, he's the executive director of the Boys and Girls Club. He has these books. He has, you know, a play out. He's doing X, Y, and Z. He's a motivational speaker. He's traveling everywhere. I said, you have no idea how hard it was to get here. And I'm still right. working. And, and how hard it is to stay there the and maintain mm-hmm. that, you know? It's like, I wouldn't be Keyshawn because he's doing A, B, C, and D. But again, you don't know the role that was traveled. Right. And it goes back to the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. The blood, sweat, and tears. Literally. Literally. Right. <laughs> the, the grind. The patience. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Lex and I want a facility bad. And nobody understands the grind in which we're going oh, through right I do. now. But it's we're, it's not going to stop us from right. not pursuing that. Mm-hmm. And right. I and I think that's that's another problem too. And I can't tell anybody how to parent because I don't have no child myself. But I think it's essential for your kid to understand that the word no. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
because <laughs> if you can't understand the word no now as a youth, how do you expect to understand it as an adult in the real world? Because guess what? No one's going to confide in you. Exactly. The, the no is a no, mm-hmm. and you have to walk out that door knowing that it. it's a no and mm-hmm. accept it. Mm-hmm. So how, you know, like, I just, I, I really feel learning these certain things at a young age continues to prepare them for, like, that adulthood and those life lessons. And right. But that's what's, I mean, just like you said, the, the game the game teaches you, no, you can't have two winners. Mm-hmm. You cannot yeah, have two yeah, winners. I love it. Somebody has to lose. Right, but yeah, if, exactly. like we tell them all the time, but if you leave everything you got on the floor, there is never a reason to hang your head. Someone Ever. has yes. to mm-hmm. lose. But if you can honestly say and retrospect and say, you know what, I gave it my all. Yeah, that's that's the best you can do. That's they the were best better you than me do. today. Mm-hmm. Today I might be better than them tomorrow. Exactly. Absolutely. That's what that's where it comes down to. So I mean, for for everything that we do from athletics to life, I mean, my life stems from athletics because I, I, I credit everything to the team that I built. We work as a team. We succeed as a team. This isn't a one-person job. Yeah. Um, you try to give me the accolades, I'll give it back to my team. This isn't what I do. I mean, even in my my life, I credit everything to me, what my wife guides me through. Mm-hmm. And I take that when I'm looking at Barack Obama, Michelle Obama. That was one of the best couples that you could see at the highest peak of yeah. our, 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 our country. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at, I still remember, and it sticks with me, is the Nelson Mandela funeral. When mm. Barack Obama was sitting next to one of the, the dignitaries, and a white lady taking pictures, and went to commercial, come back, Michelle sitting next to that white lady, Obama sitting there, she got her legs crossed, like, you is no scandal happening here today. <laughs> <laughs> and Not I'm just sure. like, I'm like, did she really just bulk? I was like, that's my girl. Right. And so, and he attests to it, I, I may lead the country, but Michelle leads me. Right. She mm-hmm. guides me to make sure I make the right decisions. That's how it works when you have a strong household. Right. Because I know, and, and AJ can tell you, I'm, I'm like ADHD mm-hmm. every day. I'm a, you shoot me out of cannon, I'm going everywhere. <laughs> now, my wife has to reel me in. Right. No, yes, no, no. Why'd you do it? No, clean it up. I'm like, dang. I'm like, this is really that bad. Can I live? <laughs> so, but if I, didn't, if I didn't have that, I don't know where I would be. I, I, I'd probably still be spinning my wheels trying to do too much. Because and it drives you to be sick, and in 2012 I got sick. I came down with Bell's palsy. I thought I had a stroke. Yeah. Because I was overdoing it, and no and behold, my wife, you need to slow down. You need to slow down. Absolutely. I'm not listening to you. I'm I'm good. But when I finally slowed down, my body had already shut down. Right. And so and she's looking at me, and all she can say I told is you so. no. One thing she said to me was not. She said everything's gonna be okay. I said. How bad is this? Right, right, right. right. You say that, I know it's bad. You try to tell me to calm down. And I, I knew I did it to myself. And so after, and I mean, you just imagine for six and a half weeks, you can't you use the left side of your face. Yeah, my mom had a bout with that. And it, and I love scary. my family. It, it is, is scary, but I love my family because as much pain as I was in, my daughter threw the biggest joke at me. And she was like, Dad, we're watching, we're watching Goonies. You look like the guy on the TV. And I'm like, <laughs> ouch. I, all I could do was laugh. Fact. That's always though. But I said, that's, all I could do was laugh. I said, this was so funny because, I mean, I'm in tears cracking up because it was like, there's no sympathy right, right, for my right. stupidity. <laughs> and so I'm like, I, I, I know that. Her and I was like, that's my daughter. That's my daughter because it's like, daddy 
I'm gonna push you when you're down. Right, that's your funny. reality check. It's suck it and up it and did. move on. Like you, and it right. did. And right. it did. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it was. It was like, yep, I'm good. And so after getting that back, and I prayed to make sure this would come back, and it did. But it also taught me a lesson and make sure you take care of your temple. Yes. And so I tell my kids the same thing because they don't want to drink water on the sideline. Your body's a machine. You need to hydrate. You need to eat the right things to be a better athlete. Right. And so I try to tell people, you don't want to go through, like you said, don't make the mistakes I did. Right. Because it will happen to you and it'll probably be worse. Right. And so we try to teach them to not follow in our bad footsteps, but just take the easy road and make a better road for yourself. Yeah. So yeah. And that's the way we go. Now we always we always close out with trying to ask um, a few questions, questions mm-hmm. because for us, I mean that's one of that's one of our um, company mottos is you know overcoming adversity. Like that's that's one of our biggest missions is to help people persevere, persevere through adversity. Oh, through adversity. Yeah. So um, you touched at it, but what would what would you say was your biggest adversarial moment and how did you overcome it? Well, the first one, it was, it was too young, was when I was seven and my father passed. And the worst one was me losing my best friend that I had since I was six months old. That He died of cancer. Mm-hmm. And in the hospital, when I was going, I was actually uh, second team All-American all in, in Wilbraham Muslim Academy. Mm-hmm. And I was going to get my award and I came home ready to go to the hospital to see him. And all, I'm like trying to change. My mom grabbed the keys for me. I'm like, I get to the hospital. I got to see Marcus. I got to make sure he gets this award and sees how 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 fun this is. This was great for me. Yeah. And the look on her face was like, he he's gone. I'm like, I know he's tired. He's sleep. I wouldn't even register right. that he passed. Right. And so when it really registered, I shut down. I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to pursue anything. I just I lost all hope in life. Mm-hmm. And so I went on just a tear. I just didn't want to be around anybody. I thought that death was so hard on me because it was like my twin brother. And so it took me out and it took a conversation that I had with his dad and sitting down with his dad and he just started laughing at me. And I was like, why are you laughing? This isn't funny. And I posted this this whole conversation a few years ago. Um, he was just like, in my 52 years of life, my son taught me how to be a man at 18. And I was like, you're like God to us. How could that be possible? Right. And he was like, do you know when I at his deathbed, this is what my, my best friend said. And he was like, Keyshawn, he's like, Dad, I know um, I'm going to pass away. Everybody will be okay, but you need to watch Keyshawn. He's not going to handle this well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my best friend on his deathbed was worried about, about me. you. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you would have been the same way because you guys knew each other from thick and thin. We got beatings together. Anything <laughs> that happened. I mean, literally, if I, I was in Virginia. He did something in Springfield, and I got a beating <laughs> because my mom said, "I know you know what he did." And I'm like, right, and you didn't tell him. I'm right. not there, so how could this be possible? But that's how close we were, mm-hmm. and so that really turned my life into. Because I, I thought it was just the hot stuff in sports. I'm going to be in the NFL doing this and this. It just made life not it, things that that were just winning a game wasn't just that important, right? And doing everything just for myself wasn't important. So it really made me change my life and start looking at everything else and enjoying how you take it. Just taking a breath and understanding that life is that precious. And so that was the biggest thing to get over was really believing in the process of what God has for you. It's not given to you because you want it. Right. It's what he wants for you. And so it's starting to believe in that path. And so just that, that moment, it was the darkest time for me because 
I just gave up on everything. And I mean, to the point my father, my brother's a pastor, my family's very religious, where I was like, F God. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point, I was like, he took away the best person in my life, never did drugs, never smoked, never drank, wasn't in the gang, and he's gone. Makes mm-hmm. no sense to me. He's not a bad person. And so it became a point where my life started changing, where I started having these dreams, these reoccurring dreams. And before he passed away, he was in the hospital. We were creating a comic book. Oh, and cool. so that's how my, my superhero book came about because I couldn't draw. But this story kept coming back into my mind and my dreams. So I just started writing it out. Next thing you know, six months later, I had a 300-page manuscript of a wow. story. Fantastic. And so it kind of changed. Yeah, and it, it changed. Yeah. And so yeah. right now, we're actually, <laughs> I, I teamed up with Cosmic Media Productions, Bill Cosby's nephews. I know how controversial that is right yeah. now. <laughs> but his nephew, Braxton Cosby and Cheo Champion, we're, we're creating Infinity 7. We have, we're starting to work on the Infinity 7 book in January. The cartoon is going to be starting to be produced. There's so much more that's Tell coming. Who superhero's name the, who is. superhero's name is Menzuo. It's, it's, the, it's the Sun Prince that we, me and Marcus created. And um, if you read the book, you can see that it's not a regular superhero. The Menzuo is actually me. He has a protector named Solar that lives in this crystal. That's my best friend, Marcus. And in the first book, we battle Morbid, which means death, which is cancer. Okay. So in the book, we beat the cancer together. And from there, I just went on to writing like eight more books. Because it just, I, I kept my friend's legacy alive through the story. Yes. And now I, I share it with the kids and they all want to be the character. I mean, I dress up as the dang on superhero and go to the schools. Ah, just because I want, I want kids to read. And so. Involved. <laughs> Exclamation point. So we, we, need, we need to plug it. How do you, how do you find your Well, book? you can get my books. So I have my website, KeyshawnDaz.com. You go to Amazon.com. It's actually Amazon bestseller. Bestseller. And, um, yes. you know, it's, 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 it's. it's Taking a life of its own, and when I went to my first Comic Con and I ran into some some of the other superheroes that I know in the black superhero world, and they're like, "Menzuo's here." I'm like, "Who the hell? How do you know me?" <laughs> she was like, "Dude, he's like, you got to get on the plane. We're reading your books in Nigeria." Yeah, and I'm wow. like, "What?" And it's like, "We got schools reading Menzuo. They all want to be me." I'm like, "You have got to be kidding me! This thing is hitting global." That's so phenomenal. I mean, it, it it makes me feel good that my friend's legacy. When people read the book, they Hold on, this this doesn't sound like a regular superhero. Who is that's you? That's oh, your best friend market. They start putting it all together. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, this is really, really special. And so actually has a meaning to it. It does. And and, and, yeah. and it carries. Yeah. It carries and the kids can actually relate to some of the things that are happening in the book. And then you have the fun parts in it. Right. But I trick you into learning that you can read a a chapter book when you don't think you can. Right. And so it's it's a good tool that I use and it's one of the best things that I produce. Yeah, I was one of those. I would literally go and count the pages or go all the way. I'm like, <laughs> I gotta read 20. No. This has 200. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I learned not to do that. Kids, don't do that because that's like shit. Oh, Al mentally, just read it. Just get into yep. it and read yeah. it. But that yeah. being said, I, I digress. But <laughs> I so just, you took me back. That's my dark side into my light. And that's what I use as, as one of my motivational tools. And I tell people, you gotta look at even the, the small speck of light to get through any of your dark times. That, and and it was there. And it was my best friend in my dreams laughing at me. Now, I always beat him in races. But in my dream, I couldn't I couldn't beat him. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and he's sitting there laughing. I'm like, wake up. You got to do better. And then you get these messages. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, I really have to. I'm selfish. I got to self-check. I got to do better. And I got to do more. I didn't know what the more was. But it just kept leading me back to working with kids and seeing how happy kids can be and then you make the life for them 
Look at you with your music. I know that time says it's in. Yeah. <laughs> that means your time is up. But we enjoyed being with you so much. So. <laughs> We're good. I like it. We're gonna, keep, we're gonna keep that going. We're gonna I was gonna keep say that she, going. Yeah. Was just, <laughs> but how are you gonna get out the overlap? We'll be alright. We'll be good. We'll okay. She's, 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 she's gonna fix it. We might have it in there twice. Who knows? Keep it going. Gotcha. I'll, I'll chop it up. We'll figure it out. I don't know. All if right. not, we're gonna keep it as such. And you guys will be alright when you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> They'll get over it's it. Just, it's real talk. <laughs> Absolutely. But here's the thing, because we want to wrap up. What's what what's in the future for you? Oh God, I can't. I don't even know what's in the future for me. I, I just kind of I go by faith right now. I mean, for me, people are trying to push me into politics. I dread that. I, I don't. I don't. I, <laughs> I, think I just it's a know good fit. it. Trust me. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no. I don't. I don't know if you ever saw that movie with Chris Rock and Bernie Bernie Mac was his, his, his vice president. Um, I'm Bernie Mac. You ain't gonna have me on there talking about you didn't pay your taxes. I'm, what the hell did you just say? Let me look at your day. I'm, uh, I'm gonna go black out. I don't, I've been in. I've been sitting. In, I worked in the mayor's office, and I, I saw how how ugly it is. I, to myself, I'm not ready for that. Um, I like to do what I do on the outside and control what I have with my youth, getting the funding for the youth. And when I'm done, I I don't know if I, if politics is for me, but it may be. Um, my coach thinks I'm going to be, uh, you know, the next congressman. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I think I don't think he 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 or my brother will be satisfied until it happens. But for me, my, my biggest goal is within five years I have no deaths in my city. That's yes. my biggest goal. Um, yes. If that if I can accomplish that, then I'll get into politics. I I, I promise you that. Sure. But I we're mean, gonna hold you to it. Yeah, but I mean, for me, if that happens, that means my community's safe and we're building where where, where our legacy should be. I mean, I think that's amazing, though, too, because, you know, Springfield is kind of up there in charts. Mm-hmm. And if, 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 if a turnaround can happen, you know, like you said, like you, you change one life, that's one life in, in a positive direction. That's one life that is living. Right. And that's, that's one more than what it potentially could have been. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, of course, it's not going to happen in a snap of a finger or a blink of an eye. Right. But slow progression is better than no mm-hmm. progression. And, um, I mean, ultimately, I have to say thank you to you. You know, thank you for oh, taking the time out. Oh, definitely. Because I know you're a busy, he's a busy man. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Take a slight time out. But, you know, definitely sitting down and talking with us and, you know, sharing your story, your background, what you're about, the impact that you have on the youth, I think is absolutely tremendous. Words can't really describe that because... We know the feeling on when you're able to impact a kid and see, let's say, a negative turn into a positive, right? And 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 then see them even prosper more mm-hmm. and like really change their life around. It's just like, whoa, this is amazing. This is an absolute blessing. So, all the power to you, truthfully. Thank you. Absolutely. And Thank more you. and more blessings coming your way. Um, like you got anything else to say? Yeah, I did. I just want to say thank you um, because there's a lot of things that you said tonight that impacted me personally, um, and I'm sure probably anyone that's listening to this will be able to take even just a portion of that yes. and and relate to it and and make some sort of positive impact in in their own life. So um, I just. I don't know. I I think positivity is a big thing, and I feel like that's one of your biggest assets. 
because just like you said, you always have a smile. You're always upbeat no matter what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And that positivity transcends all. So it's a pleasure for me yeah. to have gotten <laughs> to know you um, and know you even better through, you know, through this session. But um, definitely wish you and your family um, all the blessings in the world. I know I know that the future holds wonderful things for you, um, no doubt. And uh, just remember, take heed to your own words or maybe it's Tammy's words that you guys <laughs> can't do everything take care of right, self right 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 too you're right you're absolutely um, right and I just want to leave you guys are, um, that are listening out there with uh, a Winston Churchill um, quote that always kind of resonated with me and um, I'm hoping that you can take something out of it too but it says success is not final failure is not fatal it's the courage to continue that counts. Mm. Big up. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night.